0: Being an adult is hard. How do you be an adult well? We discuss this and more in a special New Year episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for the people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, tragic optimist, and with me as always is my merrily mature co-host,
1: Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and I I prepared this time, (laughs) childlike adult, proud childlike adult, not childish or man-child or person with Peter Pan syndrome, but childlike adult.
0: Wow, you prepared that one, and you still had to do it twice. <laughs>
1: I've I've learned to prepare as a part of my adulting, which is a perfect segue into.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, today we are going to be discussing on our first episode of this year. Happy um, New Year's, everyone! What we should really be doing. Uh, what we should really be doing as an adult. How does it feel to be back for the first uh, of the year? In this episode, we're totally filming in the new year and not just before Christmas.
1: It feels really good. And um, it feels like this year is going to be the year I finally uh, complete the adulting list and become a (laughs) full-fledged adult, which is, you know, really hard for millennials. And I don't know why it is, but it just is. So, but I'm going to do it this year. your final form.
0: Yes. In my 30s. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Well, that's that's the hats off to you there. Um, but of course, we're glad to have you all back uh, in our third season of the Overthinkers. Um, but if you do enjoy this conversation and want to engage more with our content and meet fellow Overthinkers, uh, Nathan, where should they go?
1: They can go to the Overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and send us all of their love and hate mail. We wanna read it both. And they can find out about any upcoming events like our Oscars party happening in March. We're gonna get together live and in person at the Hepsiba House here in New York City and watch the Oscars. So do not miss that. You can also connect with fellow overthinkers on our private Facebook group called The Overthinkers, where we post tons and tons of memes articles and get into great discussions and have fun thinking deeply with people just like you. And if you do enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a review. It really does help us so very much and share with a friend.
0: Awesome. Well, ready to get started? Let's do it. Awesome. So if there is one thing millennials and Gen Z agree on, it is that being an adult is hard. Cross-culturally, the idea of an adult typically brings to mind somebody who is responsible for themselves and is mature and responsible enough to take care of themselves and then also then be able to take care of others, rather than primarily being dependent on others, particularly their parents. Millennials and Gen Z are constantly insecure about whether or not they're a real adult, which results in a torrent of, by 30, you should have X lists According to dictionary.com, millennials coined the term adulting to describe doing fairly regular adult life skills, such as cooking, paying bills, et cetera, due to the fact that members of the rising millennial generation are going through major life stages, such as getting married, having children, buying a home, et cetera, at much later ages than previous generations. Contemporary use of the term began on social media in 2008, 2009, and American dialect society nominated adulting as a most creative word of 2015. And the term saw a major surge in 2016 its Twitter usage increased by 700%. So today for the new year, we decided we're going to list some of the things that we use as benchmarks in our life to decide if we're satisfied with how well we're adulting and why we think they're important. Now, full disclosure, Nathan came up with this list, but I agree with all of them except for the ones that I'm not already doing. That checks out. So Nathan, why don't you give a short intro to the list and why you think it's important, how you put it together um, on what it means and, and what you should do as an adult. And then I'll, we'll go back and forth listing, um, I'll list out each one for you and you can explain why it's important to, you know, as we go back and forth.
1: Absolutely. So, um, it, one of the things that struck me as to why this is so important is because society needs adults. I mean, mm-hmm. forget just society. Our churches need adults, our families need adults. We need people who are capable and responsible. We need people who are able to live in the world. Uh, capably. And that is someone I strive to be. And listen, no one's perfect. Uh, uh, we we fail and fall, and none of us are going to live up to some arbitrary standard of what, a, quote, an adult is. But I do think that we, as adults, ought to be striving to become better people to better the world around us. And I think that happens when you kind of have a few of these um, very practical, like you said, benchmark things Present in your life, and one of the reasons I felt that it was important to both compile this list and go over it, especially at the beginning of the year as we're um, getting together our to-do lists and our and our um, resolutions, is because actually there have been a ton of studies, as I'm sure you'll you'll mention throughout the um, the episode, that millennials and Gen Z are actually failing at a lot of these metrics that our previous generations had far, far earlier. You know, I mean, you know, we're struggling at things in our 30s that our parents and our grandparents had down in their early 20s. Now, I'm not saying there aren't extenuating circumstances as to why this is more difficult now with a a difficult economy and, and more loneliness and separation, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think these are still really good things to strive for and try to own as a part of our life so we can live both our stories better and make the world around us better. So that's kind of why I think this is important and why I'm excited to do this episode today.
0: Yeah. No, I think I mean we talk a lot about in our our series, about, you know, having meaningful lives and ones that are both, you know, make us happier and then make the world better. We talk about that. And one of the things is that why I'm excited about this and I like this is that, you know, one of the ways you do that is being a person who can take care of themselves and then also is good enough at taking care of yourself that you can then take care of others because we do live in a world where disasters happen and people need to be taken care of and if the more people there are who are capable of taking care of themselves and other people the less that burdens a few people to take care of everyone and the more capable it is of us being responsible for each other and and so you're right it as we're having and you're right if this is not an issue of blame so it's like oh you know those millennials and gen z who are not you know as good as their parents the problem is the result is still the same. If you have a society yeah. of, of people who who are having trouble with this, that means there are fewer people who can take care of others. Um, yes. So, well, and
1: uh, I'll I, also add uh, really quick as well. You know, I I come to the table with this kind of belief that we have a story to tell, that all of us do, and that's yeah. kind of my. And I know a lot of people who have big dreams and big desires and they're beautiful and good dreams and desires. And I include myself in this. But what I've had to learn through the years is for those um, ephemeral dreams to come true, you you have to start paying attention to the practical realities of now if you wanna reach that future. And so that's something that I've been learning and I'm still learning. And I think a lot of the people around me, especially in, in our community, in our day and age, and that's why I'm excited because I want people's dreams to come true. I know that's not yes. a little self-helpy, but I want people's dreams to come true. But the way to your dreams is through practical steps. And I think these steps we're about to go through really provide some of that, um, uh, some good ways to start uh, yes. achieving the story that you have to tell.
0: Yeah, awesome. That's great. So I will get started on the list, going through Number the list. One. Number one. These in no a particular order, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, is, you exactly have to do them in this order. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. um, all right. So uh, work out three times a week. So this is the first one you put on the list. So tell me about that and why it's important to you.
1: Okay. Well, I had to start.
0: And do do this?
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I told you not to ask me if I actually do these
0: things. Yeah, oh, that's, yes. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain.
1: <laughs> so I do think that before we get to more of the. um I don't know, the the bigger things, I do think where we have to start is our physical bodies, right? I I think that our bodies are the, um, uh, the, the mortal coils that enable us to do things in the world, to act in the world, and to have these, quote, stories. And so that's a big way to say why I think working out is important. And when I say working out, I don't mean, hey, you got to get ripped. You got to be a, a muscle man or, a, or a, a beach babe. What I'm saying is, thank God. Take, yeah, thank goodness, because I'm neither. But taking care of your body is important for us. And so to me, this is not just another brush off thing. We should only read books and you know study things that I do think body is important. Now, that being said, working out three times a week, do I do it? There have been seasons in my life when I have done it and a good long seasons. And I've seen huge benefits from that. I've gotten stronger, had more energy, had more clarity of mind. So yes, I have done this. Do I always do it? Absolutely not. I'm currently in a season of life where I have not done it, worked three days a week for quite a while. And so this is actually probably one of my very most difficult on the list. for whatever reason, I am not a naturally, I'm not a person who's naturally inclined to working out. I really hate it. Um, which is why I have some great suggestions for you from someone. At, who is not naturally good at working out? But before I get into that, Joseph, I want to, we'll, we'll do our suggestions in a second for how to practically address it. But I want to hear your
0: thoughts on this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I'm, first of all, I'm the same way where I like I have seasons in my life where I do it three times a week, and sometimes even four times a week. And this right now is not one of them. It is definitely not something <laughs> that's naturally yeah. to me. Um, and I think what what tends to happen is that I will create some stability in my life. And then once the stability is gone and my routines are gone that I relied upon to do it, um, then all that falls apart. And, uh, and you know, again, like I was, I was going to the gym when I was going to work. But then when I started working from home, then it's like, okay, that, you know, routine immediately, you know, uh, fell, fell, fell to the wayside. And I think that, no, but I, think, I think you get it right. Look, your body is the, you know, whatever it is, is the mechanism by which you do everything if you don't actually have a healthy body, you're not able to do any of the other things as well that you want to do. Um, you know, and again, there's so much, I mean, you know, there's CDC has this whole thing, of, uh, uh, cc.gov has this whole thing where it's like, you know, all these benefits of being, you know, of working out. It's like, you know, you have, you're, you're, you're you, everyone else. you live longer, you feel better, you're happier, you're less depressed, you're, you know, you uh, you're, you know, you you burn fat better. You know, like just all, all almost every indicator of your body functioning well. Exercise done. They now see CDC recommends you do, um, you exercise for about 150 hours a week, which translates to like 30 minutes. minutes excuse me, hour. Because uh, <laughs> like
1: I cannot live up to 150 yeah. hours a week. Though, like, so like, like right like, now. Yeah, you're right.
0: You're right. Yeah, you're right. It, minutes. It says about 30 minutes, uh, like five days a week. This is like they, yeah. they recommend and. But three days a week I like, because a, you know, if you go to the gym, you're typically going to spend longer than 30 minutes there because you're out anyway, you know? Um, But then also it gives you a way to um, not be doing it every day, you know, so that you can uh, fit that in. Um, And yeah, I, I think, you know, it's just, it's, it, all the evidence is that it, it just improves every aspect of your life. And, you know, as we're strug- all struggling with, you know, anxiety and, you know, mental health issues like this helps with that. It really just helps every single aspect yeah. of what you'd be wanting to improve in other areas of your life.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to give my, just my, my practical advice as to a few of the ways that I've approached this that have really helped me again, as yeah. someone who um, does not like doing it. Yes. So <laughs> one of the ways is listen, I know everyone said this, but it's really true is stop comparing yourself to other people's workouts and what they do. Yeah. Uh, your life is different than theirs. Your experience is different than theirs. Your body is different than theirs. You have to find the thing that works for you. I used to do that thing. was like, well, I have a friend who works out five days a week and lifts weight. I will never do that. And I tried. I always created these huge plans for myself. Like I'm going lift to lift a million pounds eight days a week. And it never happened. So what I had to do that ended up actually being very helpful was finding the things that worked for me. Now, like I'll show you one right here. Uh, I work from home and I'm not inclined to go to the gym if I am just working from home all day. So I have, a, I have a rowing machine right here. I just showed it. You can check out the YouTube video if you don't believe me. Um, but the <laughs> rowing machine is something I can do quickly. It's a full body workout and it's in my apartment and it fits. And so it's something that I have much less of an excuse not to engage with, which is yeah. very helpful for me. Um, that being said, l- like you said, uh, I still do get out of whack right? And even getting on the rower is going to be difficult for me. And that definitely is something that happens when I get out of a, a um, routine. That's really hard for me to get back in that routine. Yeah, Even make myself, you know, walk three steps to the rowing machine. So another thing that I found that's really helpful, especially when I'm out of whack, like, you know, going on set or traveling a lot. One of the things I do that does help me um, uh, stay at least a little healthier, No, you know, think in terms of healthier, not just this ideal of healthy. Yes. What can I do to be healthier today? and is is the step counter. I know it's basic. I know you know your your mom probably does it like mine, um but it's really helpful because when you get to 10,000 steps, that has been really good for your heart. You've burned calories and so if I'm on set, I'll just walk in circles to, while I'm waiting for the next thing to set up. That is not difficult, it's not strenuous, and I can do it from anywhere. So those are a couple things that have really helped me, but you have to find the things that work for you. But if it's just is- counting your steps, and getting a few more every day, do that.
0: Well, I think this is actually, this is going to be something you're going to see come up a lot is um, one of the things I found in my life that is really important is that if you have a problem, you're not, your solution is not going to be everybody else's solution. Yeah. But the thing is, keep looking for solutions. If one thing doesn't work, then okay, then you find something else that does. And keeping that, and and we had an episode on, you know, are there you know, a good or bad forms of overthinking. And so as overthinkers, again, we're people of the life of the mind and thinking about thinking is a good thing. And, you know, there is the bad kind of overthinking is when you're going over a problem over and over again, beyond where it's actually useful. But where problem solving is useful is to say, okay, here's a problem. Where can we find a solution to it? So for me, one of the things I find is that I typically am able to, um, do a task I don't like to do if there is an automatic sort of um, uh, reward punishment system in it. Whereas, again, like, you know, the doing the podcast is really easy to do every week because I've got something that, okay, I know that this is something I'm excited to do every week and it's accomplished. I feel accomplished about doing it every week. So, one of the things I, I'll just say is when it comes to exercise, I, one of the things that's really helpful for me on uh, all of these things is accountability, other people knowing that I'm doing it and be able to say, have them check up on me and and see how it's doing and wanting to say, okay, if I don't do this, other people are going to know about it. That's something that I've found that's been helpful in a lot of instances. You're going to hear about this more later. But yeah, so I think that's great. That's fantastic. So that's something that's helpful for me. Maybe it's not helpful for you, but it's worth trying out. Okay, now on to the uh, next one, which is uh, cook most of your own meals, this is really it, good. One. Tell me about that.
1: this was interesting to me because this is something that um, I, I read an article about and about how much money that we're spending yeah. on meals. And not only that, so, you know, one, it, it really dings our wallet. If you look at the comparison between cooking your own meals, you know, that you can get it down to probably about three bucks per meal. And then, um, you know, getting your meals from Uber or buying it out. It's, it's way more ding your wallet. But not, not only that, they've shown that, meals from both fast food and just either nicer restaurants have way more sodium way more calories way more fat so there's both health benefits and wallet benefits in cooking your own meals this one um i i actually like doing i got to a place you know we used to order out more before the pandemic but during the pandemic my wife and i we started cooking a lot more and now that that's carried through we cook almost every meal like literally every meal um, and uh, except for one night a week, get a pizza that that's it. But w- cook every meal. And to be honest, is a really rewarding factor in it. One, because we really enjoy the um eating the products of your own hand. And that, that's kind of a, a great feeling. Two, we feel healthier. And three, um, it's it's been really good because it saved us a ton of money. So this one um, I think is beneficial for a few different ways, but I want to hear your quick thoughts on it too. I realize we're going to have to rush through these because there's so many, but yes, yeah, so I'm here. I know, I know.
0: We're going we're to oh, so go, the early ones are going to be a little bit uh, longer just because we're you know a- explaining our thinking process for some of these, yeah, but there's exactly. going to be some competitiveness. And so, but so yeah, I mean, again, one thing you're going to see come up a lot again, so you said again. Again, we talk about the body is really important. You're not going to function well if you're not healthy, and so then that's one thing. Money is such a big thing. If again, if you're not able to adequately provide for yourself and take responsibility for yourself, then you're not going to be able to function well, and then you're not going to, to help others. And again, so cooking is a great way to make your body healthier and be cheaper. The other thing is, <clears throat> I that I really think is important about this is again part of being an adult is having um control over your own um your own body and your own enjoyment and your own um you can provide it for yourself exactly so being able to build the cooking means that you can decide exactly how healthy you want it to be when you can decide exactly you know how good you want it to taste and what all those things it is a once you actually learn to enjoy it It is something that you don't have to rely upon other people to give you that enjoyment in life. It's something that you provide for yourself. What do I want to be? I'm the master of me. Isn't the thought enough to lift me off of the ground? And then also not only provide for yourself, but provide for other people, which again, sort of the hallmark of the adult. So creating that as a habit is, I think, really important. I mean, obviously, you know, you can look at, you know like you said lots of studies do it I looked at medium.com does an article about the benefits of this if you want to look that up but yeah so that's that's why we put this on the list. Okay.
1: So and real quick I'll I'll give my my tips on to how to do yes. this and how to do this um, easily not not easily but some some good tips on how to incorporate this into your own life. Th- there's something that when we first started we kind of had this idea that we had to cook different meals all the time and that gets stressful because it's like i don't want to learn something tonight or i don't really know how to do that get three meals down that you just really love we have a stew we have a spaghetti dish we have a um a, a mexican bowl you know no. uh, and so uh What we've learned to do is really get three or four really good dishes down. And once you do that, it's going to be so much more easy. It's going to be muscle memory for cooking for yourself. You can also count your calories better. You can also keep your nutrition in better. So that would be my suggestion. Just get a few down and really practice them and get them. And it's going to be muscle memory in no time.
0: I'll say just to add to that. Yes, that's absolutely true. Also, um, make stuff that you're going to want to eat. Because if even healthy, yeah. Yes. It's like, like, Oh, I, I've thought, look, even if, again, if it's like, okay, this something has a little bit more butter or whatever it is. It's like, Oh, I'm excited to actually make this and eat this has been, Absolutely. Big, has been a big part of that. So like, don't, again, what was it? I think it was Abraham Lincoln said, don't make the perfect, the enemy of the good. You're trying to get yes. to be better. You're not trying to be perfect. You're trying to get better. Make um, stuff
1: you enjoy and don't compare yourself to, you know, Gordon Rams.
0: Exactly. Yes. Um, we have this, that all on the, in our, a lot of that discussion in our, um, what is it? Uh, a relatable episode. We want to talk yes. about that. comparing yourself to others thing. Okay. Um, now we have, I think we have, uh, eat healthy. This is, you know. And this one goes of-
1: hand in hand with the last two. I'll just say you can pretty much take what we've said about the last two, why this is important. Um, and uh, yeah, it's important. Eat healthy. Make, take care of the body you're living your story in because it will enable you to live the story better.
0: Okay. And I'll just say it's like, you know, if you are exercising a lot and you're cooking, a lot, but you're mostly eating garbage. It, you're not going to see the effects of the other things as much. Yeah. As it's going to make those things less satisfying. So these three together, you're going to see a lot of improvements, and it's going to feel make you feel better about the things that you are doing.
1: Yes, um, and listen, th- this is hard. I, I, I'm someone who is um, a self-diagnosed binge eater. I, you know, I don't go to alcohol when I'm sad. I go to food. Yeah. Food comforts me. It brings me joy. Um, it brings me uh, just goodness. And so I naturally, if I have something that's really good, I'm going to go to it. One of the ways that I've learned to eat healthier is to have a binge day where I can indulge on the things I love. I can look forward to all week, knowing that I have a checkpoint ahead of me really, really helps me, um, put the, the salad I'm making myself eat into perspective. If I can eat a salad right now, I get my pizza at the end of the week. So that is just one tip that has really helped me eat better.
0: And and just another thing before we go on is that um, a way to look at this, again, you shouldn't, again, be looking at this as these are the standards for what it means to be an adult, and I'm falling short of it. It's the sort of question of, like, grace versus law discussion that's often in in Christian circles. This is not the law of, like, you have not followed this. This is, you have things in your life you'd like to be be better. And this is... Picking like two or three of these that you are thinking I could do that and this would improve my life. That just makes your life infinitely better. And so these are ideas and tools you can use to improve your life in ways you already want to improve it. Um, so, okay. All right. Now to the next one. Um, I didn't even really put too much, many notes on that one. It was just like, yeah, well it goes (laughs)
1: hand in hand with the last two taking care of your body. But yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, all right. Uh, all right, read one book a month. All right, this is now getting into very traditional overthinker's territory.
1: All right, we're, we're out of all the physical stuff because that
0: is not oh. just
1: my wheelhouse. Now we get to the, <laughs> exactly. real, stuff, the real stuff. If you want to actually
0: more on that, you can do our Josh episode, like, you know, should you be fit or something like that. Yes, so, yes, yeah.
1: there's good resources there, absolutely.
0: All right, go ahead. Yes, read one book a month. Tell us about that.
1: So I'm a kid who has ADHD and dyslexia. And I say kid because this is something I've dealt with my entire life. Um, and this, you would think, would give me an automatic excuse to not read. I think the national average now um, is under one book a year, which to me is insane. Um, I used to, you know, compare myself again to my siblings or other people who read way more than me and feel really down and feel like I shouldn't even try to read, but I picked up deciding, okay, I can't read three books a week, but I can read one book a month. And this is something that a lot of people have started suggesting. One book a month is just, you know, maybe it's really about a chapter a night. And this is something I picked up years ago. And it's, I have to say, this has probably been one of the most mentally and intellectually beneficial things that I make myself do. And again, some, there are some months when, I've been, when it's so crazy, I don't finish a book a month, but trying to get 12 books a year has been a doable goal for me. And it's been, and very often I I, I read far more than that, but just hitting that benchmark of one book a month and I, I try to mix in fiction and I try to mix in nonfiction, theology, philosophy, whatever it might be, just those few 15, 20 minutes a night that I read have expanded my mind, uh, immeasurably. And yeah. you wouldn't believe it after oh, 20 minutes a day, but like we said earlier, working out 20 minutes a day can, can drastically change your body. Why wouldn't reading a book for 20 minutes a day? One book, um, a month is for me, a really helpful thing. And I find that just ingesting ideas and stories in that way, making myself do that has been a really mentally, and intellectually beneficial thing in my life. And I think it's something that we all need to do. There's so many studies on why this is important, why reading is beneficial. We have an episode on that, why you should continue reading books um, and why it's so important. But I highly encourage you to pick up this habit. Don't feel like, well, I can't read as fast or as much as everyone else. Doesn't matter. Start reading every day, even just a little bit. I promise you, it really is beneficial in so many ways. Freedom!
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things I mean, we talk about being an adult is being able to uh, take responsibility for yourself and take responsibility for others. And one of the things is that's not just, you know, financially, you know, that's not just, I won't get to financially soon, but, and that's not just, you know, your body, but it's also being able to think for yourself and then be a good positive influence in thinking, you know, with helping others think as well. And it's much harder to do that if you're not actually engaging with the ideas of the world yourself, if, all the, inspired. Ideas, exactly. if, if all the ideas you have are things that other, the parroting of other people's ideas, because you haven't been engaging deeply with those ideas yourself, then you're not thinking for yourself, other people are thinking for you. And, you know, and, and so that's why I think reading, again, I, I, one of the things I love reading is because I love discussing things with people. And yeah. the more I read, the more I have to contribute to a discussion and the more I have to actually not only contribute to discussion, but to think for myself about what the world is like and understand the world. Um, And so that's, again, reading is a way of taking that responsibility for yourself and your own thoughts instead of having other people think for you.
1: Um, It's essentially working. This is the workout for your mind. And I do believe, you know, the scripture says if you're a believer that God, Literally commands us to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, and so, I do think that taking care of our mind, informing it, feeding it, is really important. Even if just a little bit a day. Again, no, no judgment, but even if you can just do three pages, do it. It's right. important. Oh, again, and I would say
0: like again, like I typically like I used to be much better at this when I was um, on the subway, you know, we're commuting to work an hour each way. I used to be much better at this. As I again, I work from home. That you know, that, that fell off. And so I'm looking for new routines and ways to do it, um, to fit it into like bedtime routines and things like that. So that's yeah. uh, whatever ways you can do to figure that out. Uh, is really important. Uh, the other thing I'll say is that was that Tim Keller had this quote about it, which he says, if you read one person, you become a clone, you know, your thoughts become a clone of the other person's thoughts. If you read two, you get confused. And if you read sort of like, you know, a hundred, then you start to become wise. And of course, you know, his point of that is that the more you read, the more you're actually able to engage with not just one person's thoughts on a subject, but a bunch of people's. And so 12 books a year, that puts you like the typical, Pew Reachers actually said like in 2018, the 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 um, typical person was five books uh, a year. Um, okay. If you're reading 12, then you are way ahead of, like you feel bad, of, if you feel bad about only reading 12, like you are way ahead of the typical American. Well, when
1: you come from the Clarkson family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly, uh, that's, you know, it's, we, I, I feel your power.
1: Also, I'm going to give one, I will say, so we've, we're we going to have an episode about this eventually. Um, but for this, I will say audiobooks count. So yeah. if you are someone who has chores to do and you're a busy mom and you or a long drive, Thrown an audiobook, totally counts.
0: Yes, 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 yes,
1: for these purposes,
0: for these purposes that we're talking about right now, audiobooks uh, serve serve as well. Yes, yeah, you yeah. um, know. All right, good. Thank you very much. That's a good, uh, excellent. Um, you can also listen to podcasts on, on you know yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're days. basically a book. <laughs> yes. I admire your shamelessness. Um, all right, so then we have uh, be financially independent.
1: Ooh. I think this one is probably one of the most difficult across the board yeah. for this generation. And, you know, there's been all these articles, well, if millennials will just stop, you know, buying toilet paper, then they'd be rich. They're just wasting money. And I think, and on the other side, they're like, well, you know, there's just no way to get money. So we end up spending it because it. it there's no way to saving it forever. It didn't matter. I think the truth lies somewhere in between those. I do. I've seen both uh, a reality. I think, In the favor of millennials, I think this is a really difficult economic time and has been for quite some time. When you just look at the rates of inflation, when you look at the rates of, um, of income, and it's really, really difficult to be financially stable, way harder than it was in the boomers era. And so that's just something that I would love for boomers to recognize, that it is more difficult. You know, it used to be that you could have one minimum wage job and be able to support a family on it now that's not even close to possible now. And finances are really hard now. That being said, I've seen people use the difficulty of this moment in history as an excuse to be un, uh, unre- irresponsible with their money, yeah. to spend it unwisely, to not save. And so I would also say on the other side, no, while it is difficult, it's also still worth it to, be, to attempt yeah. to be financially independent One, because being financially independent will give you freedom. You can have your own family. You can do your own things. It will actually open up possibilities for in the future. Do you want to buy a home? It might be tighter, more difficult. It might be a smaller home than it used to be, but you will own a home. You know, whatever it might be, I do think that this is beneficial and really important, not only for the practical reality of you, but for the mental reality of you. Knowing that you can take care of yourself and your family will do a lot for your confidence and a lot for your outlook on the world and the possibilities that it might present. And I'll give a couple of my tips for maybe how to step into being financially independent in a second, but Joe just want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, I think I I think again, if we're talking about again, like going over to an adult is somebody who's able to take responsibility for themselves and then for others, financially is such a huge part of that. If you know, if you are, you know, dependent on other people financially, you're not able to actually, first of all, you don't have control over your own. You know, it's other you always are saying somebody else ultimately calls the shots on your decisions. Yeah. Um, there's a, you know, I mean, you know, and, and the stats are not, you know, I mean, like on this are are pretty, you know, shocking. It's like they I Forbes has something that's what was it called? A survey Gen Z millennials struggle with adulting. So to our, our point, but it said that um 40 uh what was it less than half of 23, 26 year olds pay their own rent. And you know, mm. like it's it's not much better for millennials the, and the thing is, again, if, if you're not paying your own rent, somebody else is paying it and they have control over your life. And, um, there's a certain degree at a certain point, you know, your parents or other people having control of your life is not, is not good for your ability to make wise decisions, but it's also not good for your self-esteem. Again, I know the minute like I was not paying, you know, financially independent for a lot longer than I would have liked. And the minute that I did, it was amazing. My self-respect went through the roof. Mm -hmm. I had never respected myself more than when I said, oh, I actually can, I can do this. I can live in a place I can afford and I can, uh, I can pay my own bills, other things. I'm not relying upon other people that is, and and that's the thing you make an excellent point, which is that, you know, on the one hand you get, you have the boomers saying that, well, the only reason you can't do is because you're lazy. And it's like, well, that's not true. There's different, you know, Things are different, you know. Um, but also, it's true that a lot of times you can still do it. You just have to sacrifice more um, for yeah. your independence than previous generations did. So like they might be able to have financial independence and have a lot of other things, and you might have to be a financial independence and have few of those things. And I guess our thing is saying is it's that important to be able to do that to make some of those sacrifices.
1: Absolutely. And, and my my practical advice into this is, is something that happened in my life, which is, this was a process. It didn't happen overnight that, you know, this one day I woke up and I was like, mom and dad, I'm good. And I'm so lucky that I still have, I'm very privileged in, in this matter to still have parents who are able and willing to support me should I need it. But over the period of, you know, having left the home uh, through my early 20s and, you know, all that, it was a step-by-step process, into saying, okay, I to, and it really made me look, I can afford this much rent. Okay, I can't eat out, you know, whatever it yep. might be. And making those difficult choices, stepping towards that freedom, which they wanted me to be in and I wanted me to be in. And and it is a good thing. And so yep. this doesn't have to be an overnight thing, but maybe it's, you know what? I'm going to actually, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna start paying for my own meals. Or do you know what? I'm gonna try to make it a goal that I pay my rent and I might need help for uh, whatever else. But it's a step-by-step goal, and it really has um, a lot of, again, mental benefits, and it will par- prepare you and enable you to have far more open doors in front of you when you are in control of your finances.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think you say so many of these make you like yourself more when you're doing them. Um, and you're right; it's like don't make the perfect the enemy of the good. It's like, oh, I'm not going to feel good until I'm completely independent. It's like, no, you can be better. You can be more independent. Tomorrow than you were yesterday. And that's those are the things that um, you should look at doing. Um, and yeah, so I think that that's so that's that's a really good thing about that. And yeah, just looking hard at what are you willing to sacrifice? What are actually your priorities? What do matters? That was really helpful for me. Um, well, and this,
1: and this one goes straight into the next one, which oh, is,
0: yes, which is, um, are you supposed to say, live below your means? Yes. So
1: this goes hand in hand with the previous one about being financially independent. To become financially independent, you need to live below your means, which essentially means you can't spend more than you make. And this is difficult for a lot of us who have friends and get FOMO and want to do all the things. I understand, um, but again, I'll use my analogy for you know eating the salad so you can enjoy the pizza later. Um, to to live below your means means sacrificing things now so you can have other things later, and it is difficult, but it all and it will take a little bit of attention and saying you know what. I don't know that I can eat out tonight. You know what? I don't know that I should be buying this right now. You know what? I think I should probably stay in and not go out with my friends and spend $150 tonight. But doing that will allow you um, to actually use your money and start saving it, which is a a really important and necessary thing, again, about finding that financial independence, which goes to the last one. Right.
0: Yes. I think that, you know, part of, again, what happens... You have to be able to say, um, uh, I, I think part of what helps is um, is feeling the rewards of doing that and finding ways yeah. to say, it's like, you know, because like, I'm doing, I'm sacrificing this so I can f- have this other thing that's more important and actually feeling, experiencing the rewards of it. And you're right. FOMO is a huge thing. It's like, my friends are doing all this stuff and I can't do it with them. Um, but what you, I, I often, you often find is that, well, that's true and that can be, that can be tough. Oftentimes what you get instead is you get actually the respect of your friends for actually um, the friends you do have, and you do stay in contact with, you know, to actually be doing, um, doing all this stuff that are, you're actually taking responsibility for your own choices and things. And it doesn't actually ruin or make, um, uh, hurt the important friendships that are actually most important and like doing the things you actually enjoy doing. Cause you're actually putting your money into things that you most enjoy doing. Again, like one of the things is that, you know, we have, you know, get it, deciding that we like going to see movies and then getting the AMC stubs where we have a, you know, a regular subscription. We can see as many movies as we want for those things. Okay, this is our big expenditure for our entertainment. And we enjoy that. Figuring out what that is for you um, is how you kind of solve that problem. But it is really it is really hard because, you know, you have to make those tough choices.
1: Well, that, that's the good thing you brought up, the AMC stubs and membership Keely and I, we, we love doing things and going on trips and going to Broadway plays or going to expensive restaurants. If we did that every week, we would be broke in a couple of months.
0: What did it cost?
1: Everything. So what we do is we say, you know what, we also really like movies. And we can say, you know what, for most of the year, our date nights are going to be this amc Stubbs membership we get a free movie not a free movie but you know a part of the membership we get a movie so that'll be our date nights and then on really special days like um like uh holidays or valentine's day or anniversary we Uh, because we spend our date nights most of the year watching movies which is really fun by the way and eating street food instead of really expensive food um which is really good still sorry um we can actually go and And we actually have a little extra to indulge and have fun and maybe take a trip or something because we made those choices for most of the year to save up for the really special moments. And I'm, I really love doing it that way. And that really enables us to both have really big memories, but also um, we love the, we love the small ones too. Going to a movie and eating, you know, some street food is really, really fun too.
0: So you feel like, you know, you and we found the thing that the, the little joys that you can make economically throughout the year that you still, you found those. And so figure out what those things are for you. What's the thing that like, you really wouldn't want to sacrifice, you know, as a regular part of your enjoyment. And pick that like one thing or one or two things, find a way to do that economically and have that, and then save the other things for the big things. And that that really is what I found. And it makes
1: them that much more special. You know, I'm not going to a Broadway uh, show every week, but when I go, it's really, really fun.
0: Okay, so the next one, which I think is pretty related, is yeah, regularly build savings. That and this so
1: yeah, this goes without saying. Basically, everything we just said in the last two to build savings, um, you have to live below your means, and uh, you need to be financially independent. And really, my only word on this is when you build savings, both you have a something for a rainy day, and rainy days come. We live in a broken world, and it opens up your opportunities again for the future and what you can do. It opens up your your path forward. So building savings is hard. I get it, but it's really worth it.
0: Uh, th- there was a study that came, I forget where it was, but there's a study that came out that said that the, the way that you actually learn to save and do things now that are going to be, help you in the future um, is if you can imagine the person that you're going to be then yeah, and, and learn to love that person, want what's best for them. Because yeah. that person you know, uh, um, unless something terrible happens is going to exist. And do you want that person to have more opportunities, more freedom, more ability to love themselves and love others and achieve their dreams? Or um, do you want them to be still the place you are at now or even in worse situation? And that's what the savings is for is who do I, that person I love in the future, what opportunities do I want them to have? And so thinking about what those goals are,
1: that's really good. And yeah, essentially, just, I'm saying what you're saying, which is create a vision for the life you'd like to live in the future. And that'll make your decisions to save or not spend now so much more easy. Because if, if you're going, well, I don't have a future, I guess I should just spend it now on this you know, $16 sandwich. I totally get it. But if you say, I'm not going to spend twenty bucks on you know lunch right now that I don't need to because someday I'm going to own a home or someday I'm going to go to this school or take this trip. Have things in your future in your, your kind of the visionary things that you that that make those sacrifices now that much more easy. And it's
0: it's a better I think again it's a better world if we have people who are having that mindset where we're going to like make have a life that has a legacy. That's that's meaningful in that way. So getting to be a part of that um, is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, next is um, ah okay, work in your preferred field. Get to pay to do what you want to do. All right. So this oh. is a an interesting one. So let's let's uh pick that there's apart. L-
1: there's a, we'll, we'll spend a couple seconds here because there's a l- little to unpack here. So that's easy to say and put on a list, right? We'll just live your dreams. And that's what everyone says. That's what the Instagram posts say. That's what the the memes say. That's what the gurus say and self-help and everyone else just live your dreams. Yeah. And the thing is, I think they're right. We were made to live out and do and pursue the things we love uh, that correspond with our skills and our desires and our passions. That being said, it is a difficult world. Like we already pointed out how difficult. Is financially. That's not always possible, especially if you have a family rely on you. And so this is a tough one. Um, but I do think, even though it's difficult, I think if you ignore the things you really want to do in life, ignore the quote, calling that you have on your life, which correspond with your passions, desires, and skills, um, you will find yourself eventually in a really sad and bitter place because you never um chased pursued the things that will only ever be just visions in your head and I think that you were creative for a purpose so I do think that while you know it's not making all of your money you know I want to be a football star making all of your money from being an NFL player um there is something to be said for chasing dreams and I'll get to a couple of my suggestions um as to maybe how you can implement that in your life and how you can do it in a second but i do think there is it is a value and it is almost a requisite to being a healthy person to have dreams and to pursue them in some way shape or form
0: yeah so i think there's a, there's a couple of things here one is again i think we talked about you know you need to take responsibility for your body because that's a part of you yes. you need to take responsibility for your money because that's a part of you you need to take responsibility for your um for your mind and your thoughts because that's a part of you and so he's saying like, you need to take responsibility for your dreams because those are a part. Of you. The things that make your heart sing are a part. Yeah. Of you. And if you, you know, and if you kill that, you know, in or because it doesn't seem feasible, that does kill a part of you. That does make you a little bit uglier. Now, the question is, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, what's in, and you know, because that is one thing we always go back to: how much of this can you control as much as possible and take responsibility for? But when it comes to pursuing your dreams, you know, a lot of that doesn't depend on you. You know, again, you, it's like my dream is to win the Oscar. Well, other people have to give you the Oscar. You can't get, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and <you're> like, other, <laughs> I know, shocking. <laughs> the way they, the Oscars are, it feels like they're giving it themselves sometimes. Yeah, that's uh, true. But, but the thing is, you know, um, and other, but even on a small scale, someone else has to give you the job you want, you know, to a certain degree. Um, uh, or pay you to do what you want to do. There's the great, uh, what you call it, agony and ecstasy. As artists, we try to convince people to do, uh, to pay us to do things we would do for free. Um, But that's the answer. Okay, how do I do the things that make my art sing? And how do I make them as much of what can give me, be paid for it as possible, so that I can spend more time on it and not less time on it. And it's taken away from other things. What was it? Um, What's his face? Uh, who wrote oh, Robert, McGee. Robert oh. McGee, yeah, I know exactly. He's my favorite. Robert McGee who wrote story said that, you know if you want to be a writer if eventually you have to get paid for it because otherwise you're going to have to be fitting your job and your family obligations and then fitting this writing thing between those. So to yeah. a certain degree, so like, so Make so I, uh, here's I was say, it. my my sort of bullet point on this is figure out as how as much as possible how to make what it is that makes your heart sing the thing you pursue as your vocation. You may not be able to get exactly what you want, but getting as close to it as you want is um will make your life that much more beautiful, and make you taking responsibility for your dreams. So you yeah. have some practical tips on there. What are those?
1: Well, I realized that, again, coming from a, a bit of a privileged position, and that's, that's something I need to recognize, that I, I do get to write books and make movies as yeah. a living. And that's not a possibility or reality right now for everyone who maybe want to do, you know, live and make all of their money and support themselves for that particular thing. So there's a couple of things. One, me writing books and making movies full time, it took me sacrificing, Meaning, I for my entire adult life, I've never had a regular income, never. So that is something I had to realize when I started chasing my dreams that I wasn't going to be a doctor like my friend or work in finance like my other friend and get to have that regularity of income. Um, That was going to be something I had to sacrifice that stability. And so, one whatever pursuit you have, if if this is something, especially full time, you want to do, it will come with a bit of a sacrifice and a little bit of. It comes with unknowing and having to live in that that kind of middle area of what's going to happen next. You know, my mom always said, you know, you're only as good as your next paycheck, um, yeah. which is because she knows that life too. And it, it's a, there's a difficulty in that. So whatever you choose to do, however you choose to follow your dreams, it will come with some sacrifice. So know that. Number two is, I would, I would say, it's not manage your expectations, it's lead your expectations open. Like you, like you pointed out there. If I went into acting saying my dream is to become an Oscar winner, that would be a really a failed plan, right? Because it's very unlikely I'll become an Oscar winner, but there are a million other ways to pursue acting, let's say um, in a way that is both fulfilling where I get to live my dreams and pursue them. And it might not look like me winning an Oscar. I would love to, that's probably not the case. Um, So what, what I'd suggest a lot of people do is stop expecting following your dreams or even achieving them to look like one very particular yeah. thing, right? So if you want to be, um, I, I don't know what it is, a, a musician or let's say an entrepreneur, right? Don't yeah. make becoming a billionaire the metric. Right. Make getting to start a company around something that I really think is cool the metric. Yeah. And maybe you only have 100 customers, but it doesn't matter. You actually get to do what you love to do. So change a little bit or leave open a little bit your expectations of what that will actually look like when you follow your dreams. Um, yeah. And I think that's a really healthy thing. And I've learned that too. Yes, of course, I had delusions of grandeur that I've, that the only way for me to be happy was- As you should. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also found really fulfill, a lot of fulfillment in my life as an actor, um, even though it doesn't look like what I thought it would have looked like when I was younger. So leave those open, know that there's sacrifice, Um, and then the third one is actually do it in little ways, start out in little ways. So if you want to be a writer, don't say someday I'll I'll write a book, start in your spare time writing for 15 minutes a day, just a little bit here, working on something. It might take you five years to finish that project, but that will edge you little closer and closer to maybe actually getting to live that, that dream in a more substantial way. So little by little, take the step forward, just do it. Don't have to be a big step, a little step every day.
0: I will, I, I will piggyback on that. I'll try to be really quick. The, you know, trying it is a huge thing. Like, look, if you have a dream, try to go for it. Um, if it really is something passionate, Because I found people, even pe- in people's failures, they realize, oh, maybe I didn't want to do this as much as I thought I did. Or uh-huh. maybe it could look differently, I thought. It. Like, yeah, I knew a girl who really wanted to be an actress. And then she was like, you know what? I wanted to act, but I didn't want the actress lifestyle. And yeah. she's like, hey, I actually am gonna do something else that actually fill, scratches that same edge. So I think trying it yeah. and seeing what it entails, I think is something that you should try to pursue when you have the, the privilege and ability to do it. Um, also, you know, again, um, you know, finding ways, you know, because it might take a while to do things that are close enough to what you like to do um, yeah. as possible. Because again, so like, you know, again, I've, I've made short films. I haven't made a feature film. I'm trying to make that happen. But I'm also writing film reviews, um, yes. making money doing that because I love movies. I, again, I have a podcast here where I get to talk about those things. And so I have a lot of things that are maybe not the exact thing I want to do, but they're in that realm. And so the things that make yeah. my heart sing are still a part of my life. Um, th- so the other, and the final thing is, again, you speak, just because it brought up, there's um, a documentary called The Comic, starring Jerry Seinfeld, where he has a conversation with the with a, a young comic who's saying, How long should I expect expect before I make it? And Jerry Seinfeld says to him, You have to consider getting to do stand-up comedy to be making it. You yeah. can't so it's like so that's with you were talking about before, it's got to be acting. It's got to be the thing itself. That's not the, you know, and you are always saying everybody wants to have written a book. Nobody wants to write a book. You yeah, have- writing
1: a book is hard and boring, everyone. Um, <laughs> I love having written a book, writing a book is very difficult, but it takes the work.
0: So, the dream has to be the writing the
1: book, you have it. to like it, yeah, and you're gonna do it, yeah. yeah. I heard this story about a fish, he swims up to this older fish and says, I'm trying to find this thing they call the ocean. The ocean, says the older fish, that's what you're in right now. This, says the young fish, this is water. What I want
0: is the ocean.
1: Absolutely, All right. that, That's cool. good.
0: So um, you're getting like a bunch of mini episodes. In one. Yeah, that's Yeah, I was <laughs>
1: thinking. There's a lot of mini episodes.
0: Right. We also have like, should you follow your dreams episode, which we develop more, this more, but yeah, this is the reader's digest over thinkers. Love um, it. Uh, have good credits. <laughs> this will
1: be a quick one. Um, listen, having good credit just for better, or for worse, you can, you can like it or hate it. I, I, I have all sorts of feelings about it, but it's necessary if you want to buy stuff and live in this world or rent apartments. And so this is something that a lot of the articles talk about ha- having good credit. One, I say this as someone who's had terrible credit, like literally like blown my credit up because I was young and stupid and thought credit card meant free money. So know that I'm with you, that you, if you are in a, in a place right now where that's difficult, uh, you are not bad you are not a terrible person um but there is but do move forward and there luckily enough right now is a a lot of um ways and organizations that help you um into that uh do getting good credit so if you have bad credit there's a lot of places that'll help you get better credit if you have no credit there's a lot of places that'll help you start getting that credit um, this is the most boring one on the list, but it just is unfortunately for better for us, a necessary thing, but know that there's a lot of resources out there right now, no matter what, what place you are in the quote, good
0: credit, right. scale. And like, you know, people, there are pe- there are people who will try to make you feel that having bad credit makes you a bad person. No, yeah. having, you know, credit is just a shorthand for other people to know whether or not they want to, you know trust you with XYZ because we live in a world of strangers. And so that's, you know, that's all it is. It's their knowledge problem. It's a way of bridging the knowledge gap. And like I said, there's places like, you you know, Chime or whatever you know organizations that you can go to, that's like, okay, you can get a card that you can then, you know, make micro, that you can make micro transactions on that you can then pay off. And that just proves that you are good at that sort of thing. And- You can build credit. Exactly, build credit. And that's all it is. The, I'll just say, add one thing, which is that a Forbes article that says, what is a good credit score? It's anything, they say it's anything 700 or above. And that's, you know, so that's what you should be. Yeah,
1: so that's a good thing to aim for, but do not feel bad if you're not there. Um, Um, Yeah, so yeah, aim for that. Don't feel bad if you're not reaching it. Um, This is again, the most boring on the list, but you know, yeah, you got it.
0: Yeah. And we're with Um, you, no
1: one's perfect, (laughs) nobody's perfect.
0: <laughs> All right. Ooh, this is a fun one. We're actually going to delve into this more in a later episode. But have three close, long-term friends.
1: Yes, this is really important to me, um, and not because it's even naturally that uh, according to my personality. I I, ha- I have an easy time making friends and moving on or whatever. But I have found in my life, my particular life, that the most growth that I've experienced is when I allow myself to continue and build long-term relationships, not just meet a bunch of new people or seclude myself and not meet anybody, but to feed and grow a few relationships in my life. And the ones that I have fed, I mean, I'm talking all the way back to, you know, when I was a teenager and kept up and all the way to now, um, my friends here in the city, like Joseph, um, I feed these because I find that there's a really positive, you, there's a really positive um, benefit from having people who are regular in your life. And there's a couple of reasons why this is such a high benefit to me. One, having just a few close friends, uh, it like you said, gives you accountability, not just in the did you do something bad way, but accountability in, I want you to be your best yeah. self boy, because they have been with you long enough to know your goals, your desires, know what your best is, what you, what you want from life when you're doing good, when you're doing bad. And so having that accountability is such an important thing. It's also, you know, this is scripture, um, woe to the man who falls and there's no one else to pick him up yes. that when you go through a tough time, having friends to rely upon is such a better way to go through tough times than it is to do it totally alone. Yes. Um and uh number 3 it's fun. Like I I I have fun with my friends and I'm so glad. But I love that we included the long term in this because there is this part about consistency of narrative. Having someone witness your growth as a person will actually give you great perspective on yourself and help you one grow more and further and two give you appreciation for how far you've come. So having just, and again, you don't need 40, just two or three really close friends to be there can make literally all the difference in your entire life and the things that you want to do.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you know, the, the everybody is sort of freaking out about this now because, you know, there are a lot of studies, Pew Research, and, um, uh, they, what was it, uh, Washington Post article that, you know, um, the Americans are choosing to be alone. It talks about how we have fewer friends than ever. We're spending less time with them than ever. And that is directly tied to our um Crashing mental health, and mm-hmm. so you know, because again, like you said, you opened us to a point that I think is so important. We are all part of a story, and we need to be have a story. And the only way that you can really track your story is if other people are part of your story with you. Yeah. Witnesses! Witnesses! <laughs> and so, if you know, again, the people who have known me for longest, they're able to say, oh, this is the way you've changed for good or for ill. And we're able to, you know, build on that friendship to go deeper. And that is, and and that's that is so important for human flourishing. And, yes. uh, and so again, like you said, and like you said, it doesn't have to be a lot, but having a few of those people in your life is so important for you to be, and again, we're saying you're taking responsibility. You need to take responsibility for your need for love for your need for accountability, for your need for, to share the people, you know, um, C.S. Lewis talked about the fact that like, you know, when you have, there are fewer people, like, you know, I, he said that when, basically like when I was without my friends, you know, when my, my friends died, there was a certain part of the world I couldn't see anymore because I couldn't mm. see their eyes. And so, you know, taking responsibility for your need for friendship by saying, I'm going to have some people in my life that do that is, um, is yeah, you, you the, 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 the records of, of loneliness and suicide and things like that, you can't do it on your own. So you need to take responsibility yeah. for that and do it with with friends. And so the putting the work into it to do that, knowing that is a priority, is really important. And again, we have an episode coming up which gives you more details on how to do that. But yes, um,
1: yeah, literally titled how to make friends but my, my, i'll just go through quickly and you yeah. please look out for it. i think it's actually an important episode but it's also a really fun one um, but really quickly just a few bullet points of things to try if that's a struggle in your life um, we'll we'll unpack this more later but one um put yourself in places you are regularly going to be um, yeah. so so it's not just this chance encounter that you hope that someone you know and again for us that oftentimes looks like church it looks yeah. like being somewhere regularly that you can actually develop these friendships that could develop into really close friends. Two, put yourself in places where you are actually around people who do and engage with the things you like. Joseph yeah. and I met at a film festival, particularly yes. a, a film festival. Yes. So we already had two things in common. And all of a sudden, I found out he lived in my city. I got to the city and I was like, Joseph, let's be friends. And here we're on a
0: podcast. Um, You wouldn't be able to do that if you didn't say, oh, go to these places where other people shared your values and interests are not. So yes.
1: And make an effort. I know it's hard. I know it's scary. It's hard to ask questions. It's hard to jump in, go to groups, and maybe 90% of them are just going to be duds and you won't meet anybody. But Make yourself get out there. It's just like dating. Put yourself out there. You might get rejected by a thousand girls or a thousand friends, but on a thousand one, you'll meet the person who will yeah. change your life and provide you a lifelong friendship. So do it. But again, we're gonna unpack this way more in the upcoming episodes, so keep your eyes yeah. and ears out.
0: Yes. Again, actually, I'll, I'll say this. If there are any that here that we're talking about that you would specifically like more episodes about which' unpack, let us know. We may you know we yes, a whole year of episodes we can do. So like, you know, if you're interested, please let us know. Um, All right. So the next one is, uh, oh, be in a long-term committed relationship or have chosen willingly to be single.
1: This is a, an interesting one. And (laughs) again, um, I feel like I, you will probably have more to say on this than me. Uh, I have, um, about that kind of the practical ways maybe yeah. and, and dealing with that and what, and what it looks like. But for me, my, again, my personality type, according to Myers-Briggs, is the least likely to be in a long-term committed relationship. I like freedom. I don't want people relying on me. I want to do what I want to do. Um, it sounds like my personality type is just like super selfish. Um,
0: <laughs> Nathan, I have something um, to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I can honestly say um, being in a long-term relationship with my wife um, has, been the making, uh, yes, you got it, <laughs> has been the making of me. Uh, so mm-hmm. in one, it was good for me that I had to start considering other people. I had to grow up. I had to take on responsibility. And that was a good and beautiful thing. And number two, it provides me so much goodness in my life. It enables me to pursue my dreams better. It enables me to have a partner who can, who can um, help me with the crack in my own life um and it enables me to have consistent joy and that's something we're made to do so i think that the benefits of having a partner are really good but that doesn't address the difficulty of finding one which you're going to read about in every article it is harder than ever to find someone i'm very lucky that i have or blessed however you want to look at it um (laughs) and i that i have so i can speak to the benefits but it is difficult and we and yeah. we've done an episode on this but Joseph, coming you. up so
0: we'll probably do more yeah
1: <laughs> but, yes yes i want to hear your perspective from a single guy
0: yeah so so i think again going back to this it's because i like how you put there like be in a committed long-term relationship or willingly be single because the issue here yeah. again taking responsibility it's like look do you have sexual desires it's like okay you need to take responsibility for those in a way that is good and healthy for you. And the you know um, there's an article in The Atlantic. I love The Atlantic. It's one of my <laughs> favorites for the super nerdy data stuff, but it's called um, The Happiness Recession. And it talks about the fact that the reality is people who are married have more sex and more satisfying sex than people who don't. And the reason for that, or people who are in those committed long-term relationships, usually in marriage, and the reason for that is because they don't have to keep going out and looking for the thing to satisfy that that actual, you know, sexual need is like, you know, that's one of the big things. And Mark Manson, who uh, wrote um the subtle art of not giving an F, he talked about the fact that when he got married, um, he thought it was going to, if things were going to stop being exciting, but what he realized is because he didn't have to spend so much mental energy going out and trying to make this relationship happen over and over again, he was able to actually free his mind up and his brain up to, you know, pursue more things and to actually go deeper into relationship. Um, and I think that's like, you know, the, the if you do want to have, you know, a sexual relationship with someone, you know, being in a long-term committed one, again, does that thing we talked about of giving you continuity of narrative allows you to go deeper, allows it to the, it to actually affect you and make you a better person. Because again, if Nathan Clarkson could just, you know, go to the next person, then he wouldn't be changed by that relationship. So this is yes, yeah. taking responsibility for those desires. But again, if you are going to be single, then just take responsibility for that and saying I'm deciding to be single. Um, so I think that that's you know I think being an adult um, that's that's a big part. of it. And yes, it is really difficult. You know, again, every, I mean, you know, I, I don't want, like want to be a broken record. Everyone knows that you know the 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 environment because people. I mean, you know, the the relationships most likely to not break up are ones in church because, and that's because everybody. Kind of kind, you're around people that you know, and you kind of say, Oh, okay, this person's not too creepy. I'll get closer with him
1: or her. And there's also that pre established shared value yeah. thing that happens
0: I think there. Our society has fewer and fewer of those, where again, yeah. even in church, people don't stay there very long anymore. And so, as in a transient society, it's going to be harder to do that. And you know, I have a friend who basically said, Look, it almost has to become a full time job, you know, in yeah order. And so, again, Maybe at this stage in your life, you're saying, okay, I have to invest in things in my career. And like, once I finish with that, I will make it a full-time job. Whatever it needs is, it's about taking responsibility for what it is you want and being a kind of relationship that actually does push you towards maturity um, rather than um, a perpetual childhood. And also I'll just
1: say on a non-like, it's good for you, you know, eat your spinach. Having a partner who knows you in this intimate way and still loves you is so beautiful and it's good. But um, real quick, I wanna address, and again, we'll do an episode on this and I think we have um, on how to find it. So I'm just gonna do a a few quick bullet points. I met my my wife at acting class. I'm an actor, she's an actress. We met at a place where we we were both doing things that we loved. Start going to and engaging with the things that you love and like C.S. Lewis said, you know, friendships and relationships in general are built by looking at something and chasing it together. Yeah. And when my wife and I were both doing something together, that's where love was found. So go and engage in yeah. places where you're doing something you love with other people and you're going to be more likely to meet someone with whom you want to do that for the rest of your life with, especially even bigger than acting in career. It was, go. you know, church is a wonderful place because you actually have um, your whole belief system about God and the world and humanity uh, in common. And that will be a never ending chase of that um, discovery. Together is a wonderful thing. So go to church. Also, you know, it's not gonna happen the same way for everyone. You you might have friends who met at an app. That'd be great. Go try an app. Uh, You might have friends who met at a bar. All right, go try the bar. It will never look exactly like someone else's. That's why everyone always asks, so how did you guys meet? Because every story is different. Don't expect to look like one thing but do try again. It's the same thing with making friends. get out there, try it all. And uh, yeah, eventually if this is something you believe is beneficial for you and you want um, I'd say there's a lot of ways you can take steps towards making that happen. And you can find out in either future or past episodes. I can't remember. Yes. (laughs)
0: Well, it's it's probably going to be both. Again, it's a very popular topic for some strange reason. Um, But yes, the single guy for the moment has nothing to add to that. Well, well done. uh,
1: (laughs) And by the way, once you get married, a really fun thing you can do is find a single friend. This is just like how I met your mother. And uh, just (laughs) give a ton of unsolicited advice and let that be your real life drama. Because uh, it's really fun. And uh, my wife and I have chosen Joseph. Uh, he didn't choose us back. We did <laughs> choose him and offer him lots of unsolicited advice about how we should go about and his dating life. And it's, it's a blast. I just got to say that. It really is
0: It is significantly less of a blast for, for some parties, but it is very, <laughs> but it is very entertaining. Don't
1: lie. You have, you love it, Joseph.
0: <laughs> you love all of
1: it are telling you
0: exactly what you should. Do. I love, I love be, I love you talking about me, regardless of what it there is. It is. <laughs> um, all right. So the, uh, yes. All right. So then the next one is be hygienic. This you know, is, This one
1: I was, I was surprised with when I found it in some of the articles, how difficult for many millennials, uh, in Gen Z it is to live up to basic hygiene standards. Uh, so real quick, I'm going to rattle off a, a few that, yeah. um, that that, that were in, you know what the standard for hygiene is: one shower every day. Um, you you would sorry to our would...
0: European followers.
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> shots fired. Um, <laughs> 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 well, two world wars, two world wars and counting. So yeah. um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not scared, but shower every day brushing your teeth twice a day. I actually do struggle with this one. I just want to get up and I always tend to forget the morning one.
0: The, 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 teeth, the teeth brush one, doing it, it as much as it should is definitely the one that I actually struggle with most too.
1: It's uh, I, I I forget it at in the morning. So I'm with you. This is this is difficult for whatever reason. But I'm a good night brusher. Also, yes, sorry
0: to our uh, British followers. Oh, <laughs> more shots fired. <laughs> 1776. six. Two world wars and two Revolutionary Wars. So yeah. <laughs> two wars of independence. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: um, the third is um, only wearing your clothes, uh, not jeans. Jeans you can wear multiple days. Only wearing your shirts. Um, underwear and socks one time. This one's a big one for a lot of people. Sorry um, to our
0: male followers. Okay, yeah, sorry right for all of our male <laughs> followers,
1: that uh, you should be washing your clothes after one wear sans jeans, which can be worn a few times, um, which essentially means doing your laundry once a, at least once a week, uh, yeah. assuming you have you know five shirts or seven <laughs> shirts. which again sorry to to
0: get away from that have more shirts
1: (laughs) (laughs) easy fix just buy more shirts. there's like a seven pack of hanes that i lived in for like all of my years in the early 20s uh my early 20s not the early 20s Um, so yeah surprisingly enough this is difficult for a lot of people again um don't feel bad if you're struggling with a couple of these but i do think that improving your hygiene one will make you more appealing to other people. And so you'll be able to form these relationships and maybe even long-term relationships better. You don't want to, you know, show up to a date stinky, you know, just what it is. Get a good cologne, take a shower. Um, number two, it will give you self-confidence. When you feel that you are put together and clean, there is a psychological thing that happens that makes you more able to live your life better and move around in the world you live in better um, and three, you won't get sick as much or develop, um, you know, things that you have to go to the doctor for. Like, I just had to uh, because my tooth oh. checked. So now, and she, like, looked at my teeth and is like, you really got to start flossing. So guess who's now going to probably try to floss more? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, floss it. Floss it good.
0: No, but yeah, this is just another extension of take responsibility for what's yours and your body is yours yeah and you know again if, if you know if if you don't take care of your teeth then you're not going to be able to use them you know if, if things like that and and yeah like the bacteria there's a the reason why you know these things developed as hygiene practices um is because they do you know create uh be, make you more healthy you know so um that's so yeah yes. definitely I would I would I agree with that this At least is- more comfortable. Yes, exactly. Um, all right, then we have. Okay, We're r- rattling through them. Keep a relatively clean, organized living space. This one
1: <laughs> has been. I wish I could say that I'm like awesome on this, yeah. but I have to give the um, a little credit to my wife, who really is the the clean freak in our relationship. So I would like to, be benefits able to take all credit.
0: Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. Um, And it's not in some, you know, I make her do it way she's just a naturally more put together person. So I wish I could take some credit and say I live in a very clean space, which I do. um, But it's not because of um, my great efforts, though I do try I do um, take uh, responsibility for you know, like every guy should sorry guys out there, you don't get to throw your clothes on the floor and not do dishes just because you're a guy. Um, but my wife is really naturally um, a more organized person than I. And so I can't take much credit, but I will say living in a clean and organized place that she and I both really make an effort to do enables me to work so much better. I work from home. It makes it so I can psychologically do so much better. I don't know what it is, but there are studies about this. When you work in a clean room, you're 10 times more able to... To accomplish the things you want to, it does make a difference. Do
0: this, yes. I mean, Elite Daily has some studies about you know um, why what the health benefits of having a clean room, and, and that's it's true. There, there, you know, this is this is our, our our Jordan Peterson section. Clean your rooms, like you know, but is the, is the the fact that um, clutter actually gives you uh, overstuffs your head with information you know even if you're not don't think it is the fact that your brain is having to dice, decipher a lot of detail that's not organized um is 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 cluttering in your brain and so it makes you more stressed it makes you less happy it makes you you know all of those things and so you really having a clean space it makes you happier it makes you more efficient it makes you feel accomplished so uh, it 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 makes you actually exercise more if you have a clean space yeah so yeah that's definitely, and that's, again, that's a thing that you have a lot of control over. And so doing that and taking control of it and saying, okay, um, I, can, I, I can do this makes you actually believe that you're capable of taking control of your life and actually encourages you to do that more. So yes, very important. Yeah, and, and a
1: tip, tips and tricks real quick. Again, start small. If you feel out of control right now, your room's a mess. Don't say I have to clean everything and get my entire life in order this hour. Start with you know one drawer, yeah. Uh, so start small, but keep it consistent every single day. Move a little more towards that; it'll really help. That's my one only one. Just
0: F- consistency out what- and start small. Make it. To- my desk is always clean. My bed is always yeah. clean. One of those things, and you can start from there. I will. true truth, truth. I have spent this entire year trying to get my room organized to a degree that it is you know, that, and it's in the, just the structural problems, things not having a place and getting them to us that it is a level space. And it's not quite there yet, but like, I feel so accomplished the mm. more that it gets to that place. And then I'm going to have that as a base to be able to live, um, the whole next of, of, uh, of this year. And so that's it. Just do that, do that. Whatever little things that make it a little bit better again, not perfect, better. Um, yes. So having that attitude is helpful. Okay. Um, Give a portion of your income or time to charitable causes.
1: This is great. We'll move through this quickly. This is something I think all should be doing. And again, it goes back to the financial one. Uh, you can't give if you don't uh, save and have a little bit of extra to give. I think the benefits of this are clear. It helps other people. It helps your heart knowing that you've helped other people psychologically and emotionally. Yeah. Um And number two, it's something that if, especially if you're a believer, is commanded. We need to help other people. Um, So I'll go ahead and give my tips and tricks for this really quick because it's a short one because we all know we should be giving to charity and we'll do Mm -hmm. more probably an episode on charity eventually. Um, But the tips and tricks that I do is uh, give in one place regularly um, and give what you can. You don't need to give a million dollars, but giving, the act of giving is good for you. So give to something you really believe in uh, they're off to church because you can see actually immediate effects of your giving. And, um and you know, one thing that really helps me is uh, I give to Compassion International. I sponsor a couple kids. I don't even think about it. It comes out of my bank account once a month um, and it's a good practice. And also really, um, I like getting letters. I like knowing that at least a little bit of action uh, is going to help make the world a better place in some small way.
0: Yeah, You no, actually, you know, the, the, it's so much easier to do with it if you're getting if, if you're getting fed back into if you see the effect that it has in the world um and and you say oh i've actually made a better place you can see that tangibly in some way that is yeah. hugely helpful in that regard and right um, all nonprofits to say say this they would rather have small gifts consistently than big gifts sporadically um, because it makes them be allowed to plan for things like that so yeah pick one or two things that are your thing, that, that that you give to, and do that, um, and also to off your point. The Bible, you know, it's, it it actually goes so far as say, it is not just, it is unjust to not be generous. It is unjust to only do yourself and not um, give for others. Sorry, Iron Randians, uh, I'm just apologizing to everybody today. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's our apology uh, tour, exactly. But the the slightly insincere apology tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I'm but, sorry, but yes, exactly. I'm sorry, but I'm right. Uh, yeah. That's that's our, our overthinkers tour. I'm sorry, but I'm right. Um, but uh, so yes, yeah, so that definitely uh, I agree with all that. Um, then uh, okay, this travel out of state or country once a year.
1: This is an interesting one. Uh, There's plenty of studies to show the benefit of visiting other cultures and just getting out of your town. For me, I find, you know, if you know me, you know that I live in New York City uh, a good amount of the year and I live in Colorado some of the year. And I always tell people that I really get the best of both worlds. And reality is I realize I need both both worlds. That when I'm in the city, I love the city. It's energy, the art, the people, um, the things going on. I absolutely love it, but I also get worn out And to appreciate it again, I have to leave. And I go home to obviously beautiful, wild, um, restful place that actually makes me appreciate the city again and vice versa. And I start missing um, the beauty of nature and and seclusion when I'm in the city. So I think, you know, this, there is no, don't feel like you have to live up to the travel bloggers on Instagram or whatever it might be. Oh, I need to go to Thailand or Tahiti, um, you know, across the, the ocean. Or I have to Europe, or no, listen, um, going to Africa would be awesome, but not all of us can afford that all the time. So what I suggest doing is just making once or twice a year, just getting out of where you are to appreciate somewhere else. And it'll actually make you appreciate where you live most of the time. And aside yeah. from that, it's so good to engage with other people, to engage with other cultures, to try new things. It's good for your mind. It's good for your heart. It will actually give you a greater enjoyment of the place you spend most of your time. So this is why I think it's a really important thing to actually do.
0: Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> um, I think what, what I would say here, and this is one I have, I, I don't have super strong feelings on. Um, I know not everybody can or has the means to do this. But one of the things is that, you know, it is, it is good for you. And so seeing if there are ways, are there any cheap ways that I can afford in both time and money to um, give myself the benefit of those experiences, whether it's out of the country, or again, somewhere else, you know, um, being somewhere else. Like I said, if you're a city, being somewhere in the country, because those things are a big benefits to you and you don't won't realize all the benefits. And so being able to say, if because there are cheaper ways to do things than inexpensive yeah. ways. And so don't limit yourself. Again, it's better, not perfect. You know, are there ways you can do it that are smaller, that you can get those benefits that don't look like the travel bloggers, like you say, Definitely look at that and see, um, uh, and make that make that something to study and look at because it is possible, more possible than you think it is. Yeah, um,
1: and a quick a quick tip would be stay with friends. Yes. Driving an hour outside your town to somewhere new is great. Explore okay. new places. Um, eat cheap at the local spots. Don't feel like you have to go to you know. There's a lot of cheap ways to do this, and but it still has those same benefits of of seeing new places and getting you're soul fed and, uh, and exposing yourself to just even a little bit different
0: cultures. Yeah. Um, get yearly medical checkups.
1: This one's pretty self-explanatory. I don't got much to say about this. We all know why we should, and uh, none of us do, but I'm trying to <laughs> now. And um, I'm very glad I am because my doctor said, hey, you have high cholesterol. That could be a problem down the line. Doing this will help you avoid problems down the line that could be you know, even potentially deadly. And I'm glad that I am uh, looking at that now. And someone told me it's not comfortable. It's not fun. It's an inconvenience, but I'm really glad because it enables me to, again, plan for the future better and better take care of myself.
0: Okay, It's it's taking responsibility for your body and your health. And, and the thing about this is that with the other things we're talking about, this is stuff that, you know, you have to deal with, but a doctor can often tell you stuff that you don't know you have to deal with. And that, and that is a way getting that advice from somebody else is a way for, of taking responsibility for your body that you need in order to plan for the future accurately, because we don't know you have high cholesterol. You're not able to plan for that future accurately. Um, so which brings us to another one that, uh, is very popular on this podcast, which is I have to make sure I'm not actually skipping over it. Um, yes. Uh, semi-regular counseling therapy.
1: We're almost done. We're saving the best for last. Um, <laughs> listen, there are we did an episode why she went to counseling, go listen to that. Um, but in the same way, a doctor is going to care for and help you understand your body so that you can live better in the world. That is what a counselor does for your mind. They will in your mind, your heart, your past, you don't want to, you know, Jung talked about um, the shadow self, which is all the things we don't even really know, but they control all of our uh, our decisions that can make our lives more difficult or even worse and going to a counselor kind of exposes um, exposes in a safe place the things that have gone wrong in your life that you can start fixing so you can live better. It gives you comfort. It gives you someone to just talk to, a third party who can understand you and help you understand you. And that's a really beneficial thing if you're looking to live better in the world, if you're looking to have better relationships, if you're looking to even achieve your dreams, even to chase the things that you were meant to. Going to counseling, allowing someone into those parts of yourselves is indescribably beneficial it has been in my life and again go listen to the episode for more but I think it will be in yours too
0: yeah no the, the 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 um should you go to therapy episode with uh, zahari zapata who's an amazing guest we've had on a couple times she's awesome um definitely gets into sort of the nuances of like when you should go to therapy and like all that kind of stuff but for this I say I guess go back to this is about taking responsibility for another part of yourself which is your mind your mental health your baggage whatever things like that and I think a lot of <clears throat> a lot of people have this idea and I think it's partly because of the way it's marketed in many cases by mental health advocates sometimes is that they have this idea that um, going to a therapist, going to counseling involves um, giving up control. And really the opposite is true. It is actually a way of taking control of your mental health yeah. in a way that um, you can engage with it. You engage with it with somebody who knows more about it than you and then able to give you information to engage with it in a more intelligent way. And so that's why, I think it works being on this list is because that's what being adult is, taking parts of responsibility for all the parts of yourself. And one of the big parts of yourself is your mental health. Again, if you're not thinking your own thoughts, you know, other people are going to be thinking for you, trauma is going to be thinking for you, you know, all these things, you're not aware of them. Um, So whatever ways that you can find to take charge of this aspect of your life, and you know, the counseling therapy is one of the best ways to do that. Um, We can do it. Watch the episode we did, Should You Go Therapy? That has more of the nuances, but that's why we put this on this list is taking responsibility for that.
1: And a quick, just a quick, um, yeah. just one tip would be, we are lucky to live in an age of Zoom. Yes. Um, there's a lot of resources out there. A lot of insurance cover covered therapy. I wish more did that. That is a, a thing of mind. Mental health needs to take priority uh, in our nation for a myriad of reasons, but um, there's a lot of resources out there like BetterHelp, um that can and that's just one of many uh where you can do this from anywhere and it's relatively affordable so if that's something you can do jump in and here we are at the last on the final one
0: we have one more and that is uh, wait i just want to make sure i'm getting it right and not putting words in your mouth is maintain familial relationships if possible and healthy okay so
1: again i think probably most of us understand why this is important and why this is a good thing to do and why this should be a part of your adult life. Um, Maintaining relationships with your family is, again, like we said about the the romantic relationships and friendship relationships, this is of high benefit to you to have people who know you through all of your life, people who can encourage you, people who can support you, and yes, you know, when you get to be a teenager, you're like, I don't need mom and dad. I'm cool, I can do all <laughs> my own. Let me tell you, when you are a little older, you will be so happy that you kept those and formed those relationships and fed them because they will serve you in your life now. I'm so glad that I have a relationship with my parents because they still offer me guidance and wisdom yeah. because I have done the work to continue maintaining those relationships. It is difficult. It's difficult with siblings. We live all across the world, but we zoom with each other and we go to see each other. And it's and we do that because we know it's beneficial to us and the other. And of course, some of it's out of this unconditional love, not because we get something out of it. But the reality is we do. And it's good. And it has helped my life so much to have a close connection with my family, even when they drive me crazy. Yeah.
0: No, I like that. again, you are a story, and the people who know you from the beginning of that can speak to all of Nathan or all of Joseph in ways that other people can only do the part of that Nathan that they or Joseph that they've seen, you know, for the past several yeah. years. And you know, there's there's a couple articles I often talk about on this. You know, the book um, the, the uh, article of "The Nuclear Family Was a Mistake" or the um, a shift in cultural values is feeding family estrangement, but. A huge part of the reason that, you know, we have a mental health crisis is because we don't live in a world where families are interconnected with each other, where people who've known each other for all their lives have an interconnected relationship. And so keeping those bonds alive as much as you can and investing in those is super important. We talk about this in the, you know, how to survive holidays with your family episode, we probably and the um our friends or family more important episode, if you want more details on that. But, you know, one of the things, again, is you have to put in the work to, keep those relationships up, find out, you know, ways that your family can be your friends as well as your family and say, what do we have in common? What do we want, like enjoy about each other and keeping those relationships up over time in order for that to happen. But if you do, you actually will be a happier person with a healthier life that's able to give more to other people um, because, you know, again, the, the, so much of our mental stability and happiness is based on our relationships with our families. So much of, again, what people work through in therapy is when those relationships don't go well. Um, and so take, that's again, another part of you is you are not, and this is something our our culture doesn't always get right. You're not just an individual. You're part of a community, you're part of family, you're part of people. And so that's a part of well that you need to take responsibility for, because that's always going to be a part of you. And so,
1: yeah, and, and I'll add just some quick tips on this and a disclaimer. The disclaimer is yes. if you have a family that's not healthy for you to interact with, yes. there's no shame in that. That's not your fault. Uh, and you and there's no pressure here to be involved uh, with a family that's not currently healthy. That said, find a way to form a family around you because it is necessary, whether it's blood or just um, committed relationships, um, this is a really important thing. That might be through your in-laws. You might find real acceptance and love through your in-laws. Yeah. That might be through your church home. That might be through a group of friends. But well, what, whatever it is, you know, ideally, it'd be so amazing if you could have that with your, um, your, your biological family. Yeah. But if not, it's okay. But yeah. here are the ways to keep it up and to do it. I call my mom once a week. I just do. Yeah. I call Thank my dad you. once a week. I just do. And I actually enjoy it. I I like it. Maybe you won't like it, but it's a good practice to do. I zoom all of my siblings and I make it a point to try to see them every year. And it's hard. It's difficult. We live in crazy places around the world, but it's also really fun. I just had multiple family members come and visit me here in New York and I exhausted myself by trying to make it a good <laughs> i'm so glad i made a good memory because that furthers the benefit of those relationships in my life and theirs and it's yeah. and you, those are just a few tips but yeah i think
0: uh, and I'll also, yeah no we did it. we went through all of them. yes so now you do all those things you are officially an adult i'm adulting i'm an adult um so no it's easy. i'm gonna say this that one of the things I've, you I know, I, I'm few of these are on my list for this year to really improve on um, for this year. And one of the things I am going to do is I am actually picking out friends to hold me accountable for for the ones that I want to do. And so that that they're doing. And so if, if I'm going to do it, whether you pick me or not. You know, you've already got enough on your plate to hold me accountable for. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to burden you. Um, <laughs> it's no burden at all. I love doing that. No, no seriously. <laughs> but, um, well, but that's my that's, only. So I was going to say my. <laughs> we're just doing it. We're just talking over each other. You know, it says fine. So that's it just says I'm doing this. This is my way of saying, OK, I'm going to be. Really taking investing in this because I know this is what will help you, you, me. But whatever ways that are going to help you to do the pick the the two or three or whatever ones that you want to pick, that are prioritized. And whatever ways you know will work for you to make an effort in here, that I'm excited for for all of you to uh, to engage with. Anyway, you were going to say anything.
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, the one that I'm really going to take seriously this year isn't even on the list and it's just become filthy rich because I feel like that'll take <laughs> We so, forgot that one. I know. Be, <laughs> be filthy rich. So if any of you are interested in making me filthy rich, um, <laughs> you know, that would be really helpful along yeah. with my goals. So thank yeah. you. But, um, we've kept everyone long enough. So let's, let's rush through our blesses and curses, just a few resources yeah. on all this, and, uh, then we'll get you out of here and on to your adult lives.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So, um, uh, blesses, you know, we've blessed, uh, just two movies that I think are good at telling the story of, you know, how beautiful it is and important it is to um, uh, to uh, grow up and become an adult and take responsibility for yourself. We've obviously done before Britney Runs a Marathon. It does that really well. Great. And um, one of my favorite yeah. movies, Shaun of the Dead. Again, that's from a guy's perspective, learning how to not be a man child anymore and instead be an adult. Um, and um, I mean, I've done this before. I'm going to curse basically um, Seth Rogen's entire filmography uh just because <laughs> <laughs>
1: we got to have him on to defend, defend himself, himself but until then yes.
0: exactly to to just you know say because it's it, he glorifies not taking this responsibility in order to um feel good about yourself um which you should feel good about yourself regardless but he's like takes he, he prides himself in not doing that which is not a good thing to do for yourself uh, or others okay you I'm gonna bless um,
1: real quick because I can. I'm gonna bless my own book, Good Man. Um, <laughs> go buy that's gonna ha- if you buy this book, it'll help me towards my goal of becoming filthy rich. Um, so, but this book goes through a lot of different aspects that it takes to become a full and whole uh, man, but this is for everyone. Uh, so pick up a copy and you can kind of explore my journey with you. Um, but I, I wrote that in you. know, This is part, this adulting list is kind of part of was inspired by the writing of Good Man. I'm also going to suggest a really it's an old book, really old book, um, that I think has uh really reminded me um about some of these uh the ways and the methods by which we go about becoming fuller, better people. And yes, it's a stoic, it's meditations by Marcus Aurelius, yep. um, uh the, the Roman Emperor. Um, but I think it's a really good. It's a short, really good read that will kind of inspire you to control the things you can in your life, let go of the other things, and take responsibility for what you can. It's a really great um, might be a good book to put on your list for that one book a month. Um, I'm also uh, going to suggest just this is an easier book. It's a quick book. Um, in all fairness, I haven't read all of it, but I've read I've skimmed a lot of it, and it's really, really good. I think especially for the younger listeners out there, It's called How to Ruin Your Life by Thirty and uh <laughs> this guy basically goes through a lot of the things that we are doing early on in our lives right now and i think this would be applicable to even people right now in my state of life in 30 you know you could apply to how to ruin your life by 40 and how to avoid some of the common mistakes yeah. and in turn conversely um both avoid them but also get the things that you actually want out of life in really practical and good ways so it's a i, I suggest that book as well um and as far as as uh curses, I'm I, I man. It was, there's so much to curse, but I think it's all amalgamized and and brought into perspective by, by a movie called Failure to Launch, which is just a movie that celebrates the Peter Pan syndrome and basically says the only way out of the Peter Pan syndrome is to get a girl to make you who you should be. And um, I think that perhaps. You should want to be a better person not so you can get a girl out of it um, there's a lot of girls that are tired
0: of having to do that to their guys yes <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> i love matthew McConaughey, but this movie i cannot say uh, is a great message for the culture uh right now and i don't think i'm in crazy waters i think most people didn't like this movie so that is my curse but, but this has been so much fun. It's a longer episode, but it's a really fun one and a good one to start the year out with. I hope there are some things in here that you can, that can inspire you and maybe encourage you on your path toward becoming a whole person. person. Um, but if you want to connect more with us in the podcast, please join our Overthinkers private group on Facebook and write us all of your reactions. We would love to hear your thoughts on these, what we got right, what we got wrong, and what you want to hear more about some of yes. these little things that we talked about today. Uh, you can go to the overthinkersjournal.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to nathanclarkson.me or search my name Nathan Clarkson on any of the socials.
0: I can't wait for the highly requested episode on hygiene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get in touch with me at uh, my website JosephHolmStudios.com also on any of the socials, and you can see my film criticism work that I mentioned on Religion Unplugged. So thank you, everybody, so much for joining in this new season of the Overthinkers. Uh, and remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.